Grieving people often ask, am I normal? Or they'll ask, is this normal? As humans, we are always looking for patterns, rules, or categories. Today, we delve into the question of what is normal in grief? You're listening to CC Airwaves. Welcome back to CC Airwaves for our first episode of 2022. I am Joel Hansel. With me today is Kathy McKiernan. Hello, Joel. Also with me today is Rhonda Abrams, who will help us identify what is normal in grief. Happy New Year to everyone. Yes. Thanks for being here. It's good to be here. Thank you, Joel. Rhonda, it has been said that grief is the normal, natural human response to tragedy, trauma, and pain. Do you have some examples to sort of kick off this episode? Yeah. I'd like to start it with an analogy. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and you can tell me your responses. What happens when you fall and you skin your knee? You'll cry. Yeah, maybe yell. (laughs) Okay. What happens when you're sleepy or you're tired? You go to sleep, or sometimes you can't sleep. Okay. What about when you're hungry, you're really famished? Well, it depends where I'm at. I can get really cranky. Or especially if there's no food around. They call that hangry. Hangry. (laughs) If I'm in the car and I'm starving. All right. Right. um, You might seek out some food somewhere. Mm -hmm. What about if you are out in the woods, you get a mosquito bite and you have this itch? What do you do? Well, you scratch. And in my case, you instantly think you have poison ivy. So you start putting poison ivy medicine on. So what happens to your skin, though? What, is, oh, what does it feel you like? You scratch it. You right. go crazy. You get an itch, you scratch. Okay, so grief is like that. When someone you love dies, mm-hmm. you grieve. It's as natural as when you have a physical symptom of a um, mosquito bite right. or when you fall and skin your knee. The physical symptoms relate to the emotional issues with grief. So it's a natural mm-hmm. Experience, it's something that's instinctual. You have no control over it. So it's just something your body uses to adjust. Right. Grief is also something that's very unique to each person. Each individual grieves in their own way. It depends on your personality, your lifestyle, mm-hmm. the way you grew up, the, re- the experiences you had in your life. It varies with each death. So one person can grieve one way when someone dies, and then when someone else in their life dies, they grieve a different way. So it's important not to put any expectations on yourself when you're grieving. Just Mm -hmm. allow yourself to feel what it feels and then move through it. And then what's also normal for some people could also not align with, uh, with your family members' preconceived notions of how you what should you act. should be yes. feeling. Right. And that gets involved with family dynamics. Right. Like sibling order and all of that and hierarchy and all of that plays into your grief. So you kind of have to expect some type of uh, conflict or um, just differences in opinions mm-hmm. when you're grieving. So the important thing is to remember to look for common ground among your family members when you're all grieving. Mm-hmm. Just try to find what's common instead of trying to deal with the differences because those will happen. Res- respect those differences and try to support each other 
and know that there's boundaries. So you need to know where your boundaries are. Mm -hmm. So if there is a person in your family who doesn't deal with grief well or life in general, you may want to distance yourself from that person so that you can grieve on your own without being interrupted with, you know, other interferences. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. So we have used the phrase new normal on previous episodes of CCA Airwaves, CC Airwaves. And Rhonda, could you elaborate on what is normal? Well, let's go back to new normal because mm-hmm. that's the that's the coined phrase that's used in, in grief recovery. Mm-hmm. It's a state. It's an anticipated point in the future that each person is grieving tries to get to so they can feel like it's normal again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a point where they have adjusted to the new environment with the loved one that they lost missing, but they're living with a new purpose. So it's like a a goal, you would say, uh, to reach that new normal is is your safe space where you feel like you're on solid ground. I like that, to live with a new purpose. Mm -hmm. It's a positive way of... Yeah, it's it's easier said than than done. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now, it's also been recently associated with our pandemic because before the pandemic started... We thought everything was normal, and then now we're trying to assimilate our current circumstances into pandemic type of reactions. Um, It's just something that I've heard a lot when they talk about the pandemic is your new normal. This is your new normal. Well, I've heard that all along with grief, so I'm kind of familiar with that, and it's very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rhonda, what really is normal, and why do we strive for normalcy? Okay, so there really is no normal. Normal is very subjective, and it's very individual. It's something that um, changes from one situation to the next. Let's say that you have um, a feeling of, let's see. Well, let's just say, um, when you have something happen with one grief and you think it's normal, Say you cry and you're sad. That grief in the beginning may feel like it's out of control. It might feel that it's imbalanced and you're you're losing your mind. But later down the line, six months down the line to a year, when you're crying and you're sad, you may feel that's the love for my loved one that I lost. It's just a matter of subjective, how you view your grief. So later on down the line, when you're more mature and you understand what's going on, Maybe you've gone to a few grief support groups or listened to our podcast and you understand a little bit more. That normal is very different six months to a year down the line. So it helps to understand what the typical reactions are to grief. So when you go to a grief support group or you listen to some of our our, um, podcasts or look at our newsletters, we talk about what's typical. It's not normal, but it's typical. So when you understand what's typical... It kind of settles your mind so you don't think that you've lost it. (laughs) You know, a lot of times people come to the support groups and they think this is happening and I think I'm about to, you know, just lose it. And then they hear other people say, oh, that happened to me. And it's like it normalizes it. Interesting. So things can be very bad when you're grieving, but it can also be normal. Got it. Yeah. You can also use that normal gauge as a how you are in your grief, the progress you've made. When you first enter your grief, 
it's a state of shock and numbness. Mm-hmm. Um, later, later down the line, when you're six months to a year, it might feel a little bit different. So you'll say, oh, you look at how you reacted to the situation or that one. And it's like, I can get up out of bed in the morning now. Right. And you can see I can go progress. to work now. Yeah. So you can see progress. Great. All right. So can you also, Rhonda, elaborate on the effects of grief, the different effects of grief? Right. It, there's different categories that is in typical grief, not normal, but just typical grief. Um, it comes in categories of physical, mental, emotional, social, and spiritual. So I'm just going to give a few examples so that our listeners can kind of gauge what's going on in their lives and say, oh, yeah, I thought that was something that was wrong. But no, it's it's typical. It's typical, typical of grief. So let's say... Um, Loss of appetite, inability to sleep, or sleeping all the time. You don't want to get out of bed. Stomach aches, headaches, chest pains, blurred vision or changed vision, numbness in your limbs, your hands, or your feet, fatigue, ringing in the ears, onset of serious illness, weight gain, difficulty breathing or swallowing. Those are the physical, some of the physical effects. Here's some of the mental effects of grief. You have difficulty concentrating. Maybe you're forgetting things, where you put your keys, where you put your glasses, uh, what you did from one room to the next. It happens. Right, right. Um, nightmares. Maybe you have some thoughts that you can't get out of your mind, that there's, they, they persist. Um, you might have some suicidal or depressive thoughts. Mm-hmm. No one thinks those are normal, but with grief... Those fleeting thoughts are normal. It's when they persist and stay that's when it becomes a problem. Okay. Okay. Emotional. Some of the emotional effects. Um, you feel numb, and that's like in the first three months, you know, first one to three months. Right. You're hurt. You're afraid. You're in despair because your situation, your lifestyle has changed. Um, maybe some guilt. Maybe there's some things that you thought you could have done, should have done, could have, would have, should have. Denial. You don't really want to face it. That's normal. That's a normal part of Mm -hmm. grief, not really wanting to face it. What about indecision? That's almost a mental, emotional. Absolutely. Sometimes there's an inability to make quick quick decisions. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You might have anger or rage at what Mm -hmm. happened, and you might be lashing out at some other people. There might be a feeling of emptiness or hollowness inside of you. Um, Sadness, of course. Okay, let's go to some of the social effects of grief. Um, Maybe you're isolating yourself. You don't want to be around other Mm -hmm. people because you don't want to make them sad and cry too. Right. But what you need is other people. Okay, so maybe you're avoiding the places that remind you of your loved one. Maybe you want to spend time only in those places where your loved one was. Depends on your personality. Um, Refusing to make new friends or try new things. Mm -hmm. Refusing to join those celebrations, family gatherings or whatever, because you don't want to feel out of place or you feel like a third wheel. Mm -hmm. Um, Clinging to some of your old traditions. So one of the things we talk about during Christmas is try new traditions so that you're not um, hung up on where your loved one fit in. Right. Try some new traditions. And then the spiritual effects. 
looking at and accepting your own mortality. You're going to look a lot more at where am I in my mm -hmm. death experience, you know? Um, turning away from God. Some people do that. Some people turn toward God more. Right. Becoming more reflective about spiritual matters. Maybe you're a person who likes to read the Bible or scriptures, and they just have no meaning anymore. They have no feeling. Um, I've heard of one person who likes to, she loved to um, write poetry. And then when her husband died, she could not get there. She just right. could not write. It was a block. Um, maybe finding comfort in your own beliefs. Or maybe you feel abandoned by God. So those are some of the effects. If you're feeling any of those effects from one degree to another, just know that you're normal, that it's typical. Right. And that's something that they talk about in our support groups, what they, what they experience. That's great. Yeah. What is the timeline for typical grief? Okay, so grief generally, the first three months, I'd say the first one to three months, are when you're dealing with all the paperwork all the uh, businesses, uh, tying up real estate or taxes, uh, probate, and all of that. So you're kind of just going through it in a fog. It's it's just going in motion, doing yeah. what you're doing, one step in front of the other, it getting it done. Yeah. You're not feeling, you're just kind of doing. And just remember, this is typical, so it's not everybody. Mm -hmm. But then you get to like the first um, six to eight months. Then you're starting to feel the loss of that person. And that's when it hurts the most is when you're done with um, all the paperwork and all that needs to be done, it settles in the loss. Real. You're at home. You're doing your pattern of things that you do in the morning. You get up, you get your coffee, you look over and your loved one's not there. Right. You go pick up the phone to call someone. They're not there. You start to feel that more intensely between the third and the sixth month or the eighth month. So, Grief tends to start to come in waves at that point. You might think, oh, I'm feeling better. This is good. And then you get smacked in the head by something that happens. It right. just Triggers You could be it. in the grocery line and smell someone's cigar right. or someone's perfume or you hear something on this radio and the grief comes back just as intently as when it first started. So that's kind of like the first year it comes in waves. Then you get to your second year and that's when you have your um, new normal trying to come into effect. You're trying to step back into a new pattern. Mm -hmm. Some people get stuck before they get to their second year and they have to go to intervention. They have to go to counseling or support groups or something. But in that second year, that's when you're almost at the point where you can see light and you can see a new purpose in your life and you're trying to step into that role. But the grief waves are still there. They're gonna happen. If you anticipate them and know that they're coming, they're easier to navigate through. You'll know that there's something on the other side that's better. Mm -hmm. And then you have holidays and special occasions. Whenever Mother's Day rolls around or Father's Day or Christmas, Thanksgiving, when you usually get together or family reunion time in the summer. Or a birthday. Birthdays, Birthdays. weddings, yeah. someone trying to walk down the aisle and their father's not there. Exactly. Yeah. Those occasions will also affect the timeline of your grief. You'll think things are normal, and then maybe a month ahead of time, you start to feel that anxiety, that heaviness, that weight. But just know, knowing that that's going to happen helps you deal with it, and it helps you get through it. 
And especially talking with other people who have gone through it probably helps a lot. Right, it does. Right. Yeah. So then how long do you think round of grief's going to last? That's a typical question a lot of people ask, especially in the beginning of their grief journey. Um, Grief is something that you live with. And I don't want to scare anyone. Grief will always be there, Mm -hmm. but in a different level. It'll be more intense at the beginning. And then as you're able to get back to life and things that are going on, grief is kind of like an undertow. It's just, always there, it's always there. Bit. It's right. subtle. You'll know it's there. You'll just understand it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And you'll almost be able to, when you're at the recovery stage, you'll be able to grief, review, view your grief as love. It's the love that you feel for your loved one. Right. The more intense your grief the more intense your love for that loved one. So you kind of have to redirect your mindset and mm-hmm. say, I feel the love again. It's still there. Love never dies. A person's existence may change and transition when they die, right. but the love is always there. And so looking at it as a blessing that you had such a strong love that right. you feel this. And you, and you take time to celebrate it right. instead of mourn. Mm-hmm. Okay. At what point should someone seek the help of a professional. Well, there are certain symptoms that you have that might be triggers that you need some assistance to get through your grief journey. Uh, most of it is regarding to how you feel about yourself. Um, when people are in their deepest state of grief and they can't get out of it, they're stuck or whatever, they may have feelings of worthlessness. So in typical grief, Your sadness is associated with the loss, your loved one not being there. But when you've crossed that line into, I don't feel worth anything, that's your identity. Mm -hmm. So that's a uh, trigger that you need to get help because you're not grieving the loss anymore. You're grieving your own identity. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you need to get help with. Um, You might have prolonged disengagement from your loved ones, your friends. That's a trigger that you need help because people are social. We need to get out. Right. It's not like, you know, typically with your, your personality, if you're an introvert, you're going to stay an introvert. You don't have to go out. That's a good point. Right. right. So you have to know yourself before and afterwards. If what you were before has changed significantly and you're not able to function, then it's time to reach out for help. Now, here's some key triggers. If you're thinking about harming yourself or harming someone else because of your grief or your despair, then it's time to immediately call for help. And I've got a couple numbers here in case anyone's feeling like that right now. Um, Don't think that it's not normal. I mean, it's normal part of grief, but sometimes you're not able to pull yourself out. And there's help out there, so. There's help everywhere. Um, If you call 211 anywhere in the United States, continental, continental United States, United Way call for help. There are trained, certified people who can help you. And there's people who understand grief as well. You can tell them I'm experiencing a loss, and they can get you to the right people. You can go to the nearest emergency room. With the COVID infections and all that, you may be hesitant to go in person. But if you're at a point where you're thinking about hurting yourself, it's time to get help. You can call 911. Or call your doctor and see what, you know, that might Mm -hmm. help there. And suicide prevention. Right. The suicide prevention number is 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. 
And you can also call 911 and they'll get you there quick. Right. So that's an easier number to remember. Got it. Well, thank you, Rhonda. This has been so helpful. Um, I think we'd like to close today's podcast with a scripture, as we always do. Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thank you, Kathy, for that scripture. I have a short prayer that was written by um, one of our experts in grief uh, consolation. Her name is Joyce Rupp, and she has a book called Prayer Seats that has a lot of good um, prayers and scriptures in there. I'm going to read this, and this is going to be your closing thought that you can meditate on. And if you have anything that you need help with, you can certainly reach out to us at any time. So just settle yourselves and listen, open your minds and your hearts, and may God bring healing to all the grief that you have. So here is the prayer. Loss clutches my joy and tosses it aside carelessly. Emptiness follows like a stalker, draining my body of energy. Confusion interrupts the static flow of my thoughts. Heartache taunts with a false belief of endless unhappiness. I turn to you, friend, of those who face farewells, for you know the pain of an uninvited goodbye. You, whose mother stood beneath your cross of death. You, who wept at the graveside of a precious friend. You who gather your loved ones for a last meal. Yes, you surely know the hollow chamber of sorrow. Remind me often that I grieve, I, that the grief I now experience comes as a natural consequence of leave taking. Ease my impatience when I want to feel better quickly. Soften any anger, bitterness, or disappointment. Free me of fears and worries regarding the future. Bind my heart to you through the kindness of people whose caring presence remains steadfast while I mourn. Assure me each day and night that I am not alone. You are with me a comforting presence in this dark valley. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Rhonda and Joel. And today, I'd like to close by reminding everybody that to, to learn more about the services and the bereavement support that we offer at Catholic cemeteries, please visit our website at www.cleesem.org. Also, you can visit us on social media platforms, and we can be reached at Facebook, which is Catholic Cemeteries Association, our Instagram and Twitter tags are at Clee Catholic Sums. So that's at Clee, C-L-E, Catholic Sums, C-E-M-S. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. We hope our discussion helped with understanding what is normal in grief. Hopefully you continue to listen throughout 2022, for we have some great episodes planned. Until then... Take care, everyone.